you actually have to put pressure on your life in the areas that you want to grow in. And knowing God is not an easy thing. God is a all-encompassing person. And it says there's no facets of turning with Him, so there is no backside to God. There's all privilege and understanding. But we have to pursue that to to be able to be. And and I think the church has become lazy in knowing God. We expect that some pastor will come deliver to us what we're going to know about God and that knowing enough about God is going to be enough for our lives. And I'm telling you right now, Listen, I've listened to as many sermons as any person in yeah. life, mostly yeah. from one pastor who's, <laughs> thank God, pretty Extraordinarily good. Extraordinarily gifted. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah. But it's not enough for me. No. I could listen to Louis preach all day long, every day, and it would not be enough for him to discover how to know God and for him to transfer that to me. I have to know God myself. That's right. So I have to pick up scripture. I have to dig my life That's into right. it. I have to figure out what he's saying to me. And Christians are lazy. They want somebody to deliver and hand feed them what they should be digging in to figure out for themselves. And do I think pastors bring things to life? Yes. Do I pray that they preach the Word of God in truth? Yes. Do I think that's enough for you today? Absolutely not. And if you can't discover it for yourself, then, then there's something wrong spiritually with your life. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Missy Harper. You're listening to Life with Lisa Harper. On the podcast today, my Aunt Shelley. Hey, y'all, I'm Lisa Harper, and you're listening to the Life with Lisa Harper podcast. We're calling season one Out of the Ashes because during each episode, we're walking through stories of redemption, essentially stories of people who've walked through tough stuff and found that God is perfectly good even when life is really, really hard. Okay, y'all, we are here on 
out of the ashes with one of my favorite people in the whole world. The whole world? The whole world. Oh, my goodness. What's so cool is Shelly Giglio is one of my dearest friends, but she's also one of my heroes of the faith. So I feel like I get like a two for one. This is like table side guacamole and queso. I mean, the the mix is not the mix the best. (laughs) The mix is amazing. (laughs) Um, Like You just made me think of the Chicago mix. You know, the cheddar cheese and caramel popcorn. I'm telling you, there is something so strong about that sweet and savory. Yes. Mm. Ooh, yes. that kind of describes you. Okay. Sweet and savory, Shelly. We are going to start with some either ors. Are you ready? Because oh, we're diving deep. I don't even deep, know so if I can do this. Either-ors. Yes, you can do it. <laughs> okay. You can do it. Okay. Okay. Burger burrito. Burrito. Beach Mountains. Beach. Auburn, Alabama. I have to go Auburn. <laughs> I am married to Auburn. <laughs> James Taylor, Led Zeppelin. Uh, James Taylor. Rom-com thriller. Ooh, rom-com. Heels flats. I would say flats. King James, The Message. I'm going to go the message. Just make everybody wonder. Kickboxing Pilates. Oh, I'm going to go with neither. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get into that. Okay, I'm bye. So sorry. Sorry. That was okay. Beard, no beard. Um, I'm going to go no beard, but I could go either it's way. It's such a thing. And I feel like like guys under like 35, the more unkempt your beard, like the better. Oh, yeah. No, you don't actually look at it or like tame it And I it feel so way. sorry for guys who are like really, really manly but sparse. Yeah. So you can tell they're kind of ashamed. It's kind of a hard yeah, thing. Yeah, it's that's yeah. sad to me. Whereas, you know, we never brag. Like if you have to shave your legs a lot or not, that's like... There's, there's no street cred Listen, for women. if I had no hair on my legs, I would <laughs> definitely prefer it. Listen, if I had no hair I on my I would be face, thrilled and bragging. <laughs> okay, introvert, extrovert. I would say extrovert. Okay, team sport, individual sport. But definitely a team sport. Cat, dog. A uh, dog. There's one at my feet. <laughs> Speedo board shorts. Oh, gosh. <laughs> You just lost me on that one completely. Okay, that's a whole yeah. other podcast. I, I that's not it. a Christian podcast. Oh, Sorry. Okay. Right. Sorry, that one snuck in there. Okay, um, I want to tell, for anybody who's been living under a rock, um, I want to tell you just a little bit about my friend and hero, Shelly Giglio. Uh, she not only created and runs one of the most successful Christian record labels in the world, she was literally a pioneer and helping to birth and shape what we call the worship music genre today. So really the genre of music that has changed lives around the world. Shelley was one of kind of the main pioneers of that, main architects of that. She and her husband, who's a decent little pastor himself. He's all right. He's He's okay. Um, She and Louis Giglio founded a vibrant, global, ongoing collegiate ministry. It's I hate to even call it a collegiate ministry because everyone and their mama sneaks in. Yeah. So it's like mainly Special for, thing. what's the age range that y'all specify? It's 18, it 18 to 25. To 20? Okay, 25. Yeah, and in the time we started that, you know, that's been 20 years. It, it, yeah. it, there really wasn't anything for 18 to 25-year-olds. Yeah. It was like you had youth group up until the time that you were around right. 18. Right. And then there was just a kind of a big gap. And if you were a part of a crusade movement or something on your campus, you might have had something like that. Yeah. But there was just a lot of space to create that moment. Well, let's and, take a redemptive rabbit trail for a second yeah. because we were talking about this last night. Tell me about kind of the segue from Breakaway. You and Louie went right into vocational ministry, really while you were still in college, right? Yeah, On so Breakaway actually was at Texas A&M, and it started after the ministry that we started. We started a ministry at Baylor called Choice. That's right. I Choice get Ministries. Choice yeah, because they're a lot the same. Similar. Yeah, yeah, they're very similar. Yeah. Um, actually, the guy that helped lead Breakaway is a guy named Greg Mott. He's the guy who started it, who's now okay. the pastor at First Baptist Houston, okay. or Houston's First Baptist, I believe, as they would say. 
But um, he's such a great guy, and he was around some of those early days of choice, and God really inspired him, and he was able to so plant that ministry. Friends. Yeah, we okay. we were friends. I wouldn't call us contemporaries because he's okay. quite a bit younger than us. But okay. yeah, and watching that then you know take hold at that school, and it's still going today so okay. vibrantly. It's and been that's, amazing. I think what it was, I get confused, is that in some ways Breakaway was yeah, and then Ben Stewart. Pregnancy. You know, Ben came after Greg, and then Ben is now uh, a part of our team. Yeah, yeah he's a he's Pasha a pastor. City, yeah, we'll talk about from choice to passion. Yeah, like how did that? You know, how did that honestly, one of the hardest seasons of our life to date, and part of it was that we had really been asking God. Louis' dad had been very, very sick with a brain mm-hmm. virus, and he was disabled for seven years and lived where somebody had constant care over his life. Goodness. His mom dressed him, fed him, moved him everywhere he moved to. I mean, it was you can imagine how intense it was, and so we had been living in Texas, obviously doing choice and had been praying that God would give us a chance to come and help his mom take care of his dad. And we would come as often as we could, but, you know, you live somewhere different, and it was just so challenging, such hard days. Mm. And right about the time that we felt like we heard God say, okay, you're released and you can go to Atlanta, is around almost exactly the same time Louis' dad died. And interestingly enough, he didn't die from the brain virus. He died of a heart attack. So one day he was sitting at his computer, just fiddling around, and the next thing we knew, he was gone. And it was one of the most confusing times because we Mm -hmm. felt like God had definitely released us to come, Mm -hmm. but we couldn't understand why he would have died before we got here. Mm -hmm. And we were very confused, Mm -hmm. disappointed, um, without understanding. Yeah. And But we went ahead and moved. We came to Atlanta. It turns out, obviously, we had a huge ministry to his mom, who had just lost her husband, who she had cared for for seven years. Uh, Louis' sister at the time had gone through a terrible breakup in her marriage. She had Mm. three small children who we got to invest in and love and be near. And so there were a lot of reasons God was moving us. But in that season, God gave us the vision for passion. And I really believe, I believe more than anything— that in those dark windows sometimes mm-hmm. is when true mm-hmm. light can shine in That's to right. our lives. That's right. And I think if we had just continued on the path of choice and been doing it all the same as we had been doing it, yeah. that we might not have even heard God when he mm. said, I have a bigger mission for you yeah. and I have something I want you to do with your life. Yeah. I think it's possible I could have been too busy for that. Honestly, and how yeah. sad to think that, but it's possible. Oh my goodness, you're so schooling me here. Um we don't have time to tell you everything in the podcast, but basically Shelly has been speaking some, per usual, incredible wisdom in my life about how the good is often the enemy of the best. Yeah. Um, but I think also I'm reminded of, you know, how Henry Cloud talks about necessary endings. And when Abraham had to leave Ur for what is arguably the greatest promise ever given from God in Scripture, I'm going to give you, you know, more descendants than you can count. You're going to be blessed. And those who don't bless you, I'm going to curse. But before you get this comprehensive 360-degree blessing, you have to leave the place where you've grown really comfortable. And I'm not going to tell you where you're going. You just have to walk blindly into a new place. And so I do think sometimes, as cheesy as it sounds, it's darkest before the dawn. But we have to choose to walk into what is dark before we do see the brightest light. Okay, you went there before... 
I go into this next question because I want to stay there for a minute. But I want to talk about how passion led to Passion City Church. Yeah. And now we've got Passion City, D.C. Because you didn't, when y'all were 20, envision yourselves as pastors yet. No, you know, honestly, I heard Louie tell the story the other day, and it reminded me of a season of our life when Louie was very young, and he was traveling to people's events and teaching and whatever, and he was sitting at a table one day with a couple of guys at a lunch after he had spoken at something. And one of the guys said to Louie, hey, what do you think you're going to do in 20 years? And I guess we are he's probably 28 or 30 at the time. Right. And before he could answer, because he was a little bit like, I'm not sure. And I think the guy said, do you think you'll ever be a pastor? And Louie paused to kind of think, uh, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And as he paused, another guy across the table answered for him. And the other guy that answered for him said, well, I'll tell you one thing for sure. He will definitely not be a church pastor. And he said, the reason I know that is because he preaches with such fervor and such intensity, and he doesn't really care what the people think. And so he's never, ever going to pastor people. And Louis goes on to tell the story. You know, honestly, while while that guy, he didn't even really know that guy. And we neither of us can remember who the person was. So it's nothing like uh, we feel all this all these years later or anything toward him. It was just more of... Sometimes we let people speak things over our lives that are not from God. That's right. And I think it took Louis several years to unwind all of that and to but understand. In a way, it was prophetic because in that time period, you didn't have too many successful churches where, at least from my vantage point, from the cheap seats, where you had a guy who was fiery and who didn't get Yeah, about that's probably and true. And so you look at the paradigm that you have at Passion City, and it is not the paradigm of what most people would call Well, you know, in that, that day and time, there was ago. the uh, education pastor, right. there was the youth pastor, right. there was the pastor pastor, right. which the Lord knows, God bless him, right. and there was the music minister, right. I think is what we called him. That's we could right. call him a pastor right. for some reason. I mean, there were very specific right. roles, and there were very few and of them. And the youth pastor could afford to be fiery, but usually the head pastor had to be a little more politically savvy. Yeah, probably but so. Louis to me, when I hear him preach, and he slays me every time, Louis preaches like a very mature, wise youth pastor. Because yeah. he is—he does not care about stepping on toes, not for the sake of, of in any way being provocative, but for the sake of if this is what God has told me to to preach, and it brings conviction. Well, that's God's business. I'm going to follow God's direction. I love his kind of un fettered style. Yeah, I do too. And I, I've i also, though, had the privilege of watching pastor people for years oh, and yeah. years. And, you know, just to think that that at the time he believed maybe he wasn't qualified for that. Mm. And then having watched him live life among people yeah. and help them process life through the lens of God yeah. has been one of the most beautiful gifts in the world to yeah. me. And I just want to say to you, if if someone is speaking over your life something, Mm -hmm. you need to take that back to Scripture and to people who know you well. And you need to process that in the midst of truth so that you can figure out, is that from God or was that some God at table? So that right. you can then discern, you know, what the will of God is right. um, for you and how you should obey. And oh, so yeah. it just, it took us a while to kind of get over that. So we actually planted Passion City Church when Louis was 50 years old. And um, he's 60 now, so we're 10 years old. And, and just things are, yeah, things are, are really, yeah. I think, flourishing here. And yeah, it's totally beautiful flourishing. to watch um, the faithfulness of God. Yeah. And that's what I would say mostly that yeah. we've seen in the church. You know, people, because I have the... Um, undeserved privilege of living life 
closer to you than some. Yeah. I think it's easy for people who don't walk closely with you and maybe have a, a true friendship with you where they hear you all the time might look at your life and Louis's life and go, oh, they're kind of the spiritual Midas couple. You know, everything they touch turns to gold. And they've got oh, this, man. You know, you've got a bazillion worship songs that you helped birth and create that really have changed the landscape of of not just church, but people who don't know Jesus yeah. and they're wooed toward the gospel because of music so. that has come through your wheelhouse. Y'all have had this passion ministry. How many how many kids have come to passion? Oh, it's started? a million and a half or something. Yeah. A lot. And then and then most people don't think of eighteen to twenty five as being a financially generous group simply because they don't have as much discretionary income. Yeah. And the things that have come out of passion, the kids that have been sponsored, the wells that have been dug, yeah. the, the women of and men who've been who've come out of trafficking. It's one of the most beautiful things. Extraordinary. Yes. Like how much money did Passion give last year to to causes that are God-honoring causes? Oh, thousands of dollars are given away every year. Yeah, and, I, I want to say when I heard the number, it was like and hundreds, in, yeah, of hundreds of thousands Yeah, hundreds of thousands of dollars. But it's what's beautiful about it is that, you know, people don't think college students have any money and obviously yeah. they dig around on their sofa for coins so that they right. can buy things, which is true. Right. <clears throat> college right. students in general do not have a lot of income, but man, they are resourceful people and the things that they believe in, they will fund. And it's so beautiful to watch God use their life. Because if you can see that at 20, Mm -hmm. that God can use you without really having much, then you will be 40 and giving everything you've got. And I just think not just of the moment of them leaning into being generous at passion. Mm -hmm. I think about the way it's setting them up for their life. And you and I both know, because we've lived a long time, that generosity is one of the biggest gifts oh. to your life that oh, you will absolutely. ever, ever receive. Absolutely. It's giving stuff away that brings right. life. And right. um, so just to see them engage in that at an early age makes me so happy. Oh, that I, had, I told somebody recently because I told them I got to be an interloper similarly because Shelly allowed me to come into passion. <laughs> an interloper. I, yeah, I tried to veil myself okay. so nobody would see the wrinkles. <laughs> okay. but, but what it did for me... I expected it to be a lot more hype just because of that age group. Because yeah. when I was 20, I did a whole lot of jumping and dancing and screaming, but didn't necessarily have a lot of spiritual depth. I was undone by how deep y'all went and really the sense of, of course, there was joy and a lot of energy, but there was kind of this calm, resolute, we are all in yeah. for the sake of Christ. And I thought, we are going to be fine. As a culture, you've got this type of spiritual leadership at 20 that's beginning to change the shift, the atmosphere, and and really not just America because these kids are going all over the world. But I thought, my goodness, what God has done through this seed of a dream he gave the two of you is just y'all could not manufacture that. I mean, that is just just God all I tell people all the time, you know, they say, explain passion to me and describe it. And it really, I mean, it's crazy and funny to say, but it is indescribable. It is is one of those moments that if you're not standing there, you cannot believe it's real. But when you are standing there, it gives you so much hope. And, you know, the world is going to be challenged. Yeah. We read scripture and know that things don't get That's better, right. they get worse. That's right. But to know that we will have 
people that will stand with Jesus in those yeah. days yeah. is beautiful. And I believe some of these students will be the ones standing yeah. because of what God is doing to yeah. revolutionize their lives in these days. It's think? so beautiful to watch. Oh, it's so it's it's one I I get to do passion is what yeah. I say. It's one of God's greatest gifts to us that twenty two years later that we would still be investing in college students. You in this know, way. I firmly believe you cannot manufacture or generate a movement. Movements are are God generated. Yeah, people can't do that. You can have all the marketing meetings in the world, but only the hand of God can actually generate a true movement like the Great Awakening. Something that really impacts culture. And so He's done that. Y'all have gotten to see that and yeah, be so in the front seats. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You've gotten to do a record label that really did change the landscape of, of music, uh, especially to believers. Um, you have this church that is going gangbusters in Atlanta. Now you had your first baby in D.C. Yeah, it's beautiful. Ben We've been there this Stewart. weekend. It's uh, incredible. incredible. It's incredible. Incredible church. So, again, back to where I was going which, you know, concise is not my gift. So we'll spiderweb it all over the place. But <laughs> I like but us. where I was going is somebody who doesn't know or maybe has never even heard heard y'all talk and doesn't know the authenticity of your testimony might go, oh, well, goodness, well, look at them. I mean, she's brilliant and blonde and beautiful, and he's this amazingly, you know, anointed pastor, and so they're just the spiritual Midas couple. But mm-hmm. I know that y'all are kind of like a great big tree and the reason it's producing so much fruit is the roots go really deep and you've weathered a lot of storms and so talk for a minute about how really the storms you you touched on it with louis mom and then louis dad dying y'all helping her mom but talk about when you look back at how the the storms and maybe even the droughts have impacted y'all i think that's why your roots are so deep you know early on um I mentioned Louis's dad, but Louis and I had been married two years when his father got sick, mm. and, and I, I was right out of college, yeah, right? I was twenty. I, we, I was twenty-two when we married. I just turned twenty-two. We met when I was eighteen, so I really didn't know life and apart you, from Louis. You honestly, spider webbing again. But didn't you like the first time he walked into me? You were like, I am going. to Oh, marry he was him. hot. I was <laughs> like, what? But you also played it kind of. Oh, like I'm he cool. Had to work Trust a me. Bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not going to give everything away <laughs> right up front. 
I uh, I definitely was interested from the moment I yeah. saw him for sure, and and, and there was a swagger hair, about he, Louis. I mean, anybody like who's been around Louis kind of oh yeah, he had really dark, almost black hair. Yeah, and it was super curly and all a little bit on the fro side. Yeah, and boy, I thought that was just the cutest thing ever. Oh, yeah. So. I'd never seen anybody walk like him, carry themselves like him. I'd never seen anybody teach the word like him. Mm. I, I literally was like, I don't even understand where this person came from. Yeah. And Louis had grown up in Atlanta, came to Texas to go to seminary. A friend talked him into being a college intern at our church, wow. basically coerced him. This is a job that you should have. And so he ended up taking this job, not really understanding the reasons why yeah. not only would being a college pastor for the summer set the template for the rest of our life. I just mentioned passion we are 22 years in. We did college ministry on a campus for 10 years. That summer mm. set the template for what we would invest our life in. Mm. And Louie met me. <laughs> so, hey, it was yeah. a good summer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, two years into marriage, I was sort of living the dream. We didn't really have, know exactly what we were doing in life. We were still living in Waco and ministering to students, and they camped at our house and lived with us pretty much. And we were just trying to love on college students. When yeah. Louie's dad got sick, we got a call. We were on a vacation, ski vacation with my family. Yeah. We got a call that his dad was in intensive care, mm. potentially going to die. It was And young. His dad very, was pretty young. 57 years old. Yeah, goodness. And, you know, life came crashing into us at that point, and I had a choice to make. I could mm. be a 24-year-old clueless girl who yeah. really didn't know hardship, yeah. or I could embrace the suffering and mm -hmm. hardship and mm -hmm. let that make me into the person that God intended me to be. Yeah. And I chose that by the grace of God yeah. to let him help form me. And I believe that those days changed my forever. I just think today of every conversation that I sit in with somebody who is in a really dark and deep place. Mm -hmm. And I think about the compassion and understanding that's in my heart, mm -hmm. not because of the great times we've had, mm -hmm. but because of the hard times we've had yeah. and how that makes me compassionate and right. understanding and caring and want to engage with people and find God in the midst of that right. hardship. Right. And so, yeah, no, our life hasn't been, I don't talk about it all the time because I choose mm -hmm. to talk about the things that I think God would love for us to to champion. Sure. And I don't always talk about every hardship, but yeah, yeah, certainly in anyone's life, there have been so many challenges. The, the, the thing isn't that you have the challenge. The thing is what you do with that challenge right, right. and how you let it affect your right. life and deepen your roots. And the, and the perspective, I love that you're talking about the perspective of the suffering because, you know, we've talked about this a lot. I spent a year studying Job and didn't want to study Job. I thought that's going to be like sticking yeah. my hand in a blender. Yeah. You know, I'd rather go to a, a happier book in Scripture. But I felt real led to this is a place I'm avoiding mm -hmm. because I, I often want to avoid the own Sure, we all do. Um, and I was undone by not only the joy in Job, mm -hmm. obviously we know about God's faithfulness, but it totally changed my perspective on pain because it is not punitive. And I think even a lot of Christians think, oh, I must be being punished for some sin I right. confessed or 
God's just so busy with, you know, human trafficking. He doesn't see what's going on in my life. And and we do not see that actually the template of Job is the pain what Job went through was a promotion. Amazing. God held Job up in his hand yeah. and said to the enemy, have you seen my servant Job? Basically, I nominate him for the house of pain. And it's because God in his sovereignty is not capricious, but he knew Job is going to walk this out in a way that will bring me glory. Yep. And so I think you and I are about the same age. You've been in vocational ministry 32 years yeah. and about the same for me, started in youth ministry. Um, not as faithful as y'all, so it Come took me. On. I had to wander oh, through the wilderness man. a little longer. But I look back over my life now and I see the seasons that I thought this will either break me yeah. or I just won't ever be able to sing or dance after yeah. this again. I see those as being pinnacles where God said, I'm I'm going to prune you. You're going to bear more fruit than you've ever dreamt possible. Yeah, I believe that. But right now while you're being pruned, it's just going to hurt. Yeah. And you just have to trust that I'm good and I do good. And right now you can't see around the corner. When you look back over those things, I'm not remotely saying that Louis' dad's uh, illness and death were divinely causative. I think God uses, obviously, what the enemy yes, means for harm. I believe that. And he redeems it into good. But as you look back over just y'all's own dark nights of the soul, yeah. and you've been through a lot, even in a church, because it's filled with people, and we people tend to be sinners. Yeah. <laughs> and so church can be really hard. As you look back over 32 years, do you now see those seasons that you thought, I don't know if we're going to make it out of this as well, I actually saw the face of God so much clearer. I think it makes the veil thinner, don't you? Yeah, I think about the time uh, as we were planning the church about 10 years ago that Louis fell, and he speaks of it, mm-hmm. um, into a deep anxiety hole. And the depression mm-hmm. was uh, completely overwhelming. I never thought Louis would be the same person again. Mm-hmm. I never thought Louis would stand on a stage and speak again. Um, I think I believed... Our life as we knew it was done. And we were on the very front edge of saying we are going to pastor a church, which was such a breakthrough in my mind of obedience. Yeah. I was the the holdup. You know, Louis started talking at 45, 6, 7. I really yeah. believe that God has this for my life. And I was just like, I, absolutely not. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to be rebellious to God, but I can't see it. We can't hold one more thing. Mm-hmm. There's no way that God, with all the things that we do have, will give us one more right. thing to hold. A, a church of all things. Thing. Yeah. A church. Yeah. Like, I've lived my whole life now without a church. <laughs> and I'm flourishing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm not being ugly. I'm just being yeah. honest. Yeah. But I was not looking forward to that. And I drug my feet and I, I asked God really honestly if there was another way. Is there mm. another way for me to obey you without saying yes to this? Mm. Because that's what I would like to do. And finally, I said, okay, I do believe this is God's purpose for us. And that was a very beautiful moment of my surrender. I sobbed. Mm. I, I happened to be, which you and I have in common at the Hillsong Conference, mm-hmm. Um a very famous preacher was preaching. He said mm-hmm. at some point to the women in the room, if you're the the pastor's wife, you step up and I want to pray for you. I was on the front row. These were the days that you didn't get to sit up in the good seat. Right. You sat on the front row for a week at a time in <laughs> session after session after yeah. session yeah. after session. I know. I've bitten my lip a few oh times my goodness. to keep from falling asleep. Just I am like, what exhaustion. is absolutely yeah. happening right now? I'm yeah. jet lagged. I don't know what's happening in this well-known preacher said, you need to take a step toward the stage. I want to pray for you. And sobbing, 
I stepped from the front row to the front of the stage because I knew God was asking yeah. me to obey. Yeah. And so very profound moment. So right after these moments of obedience is the dark hole of depression mm. that I thought was going to take us out. Right. Done. Right. right. And I'm like, God, what of all timing? What is happening? But, you know, God did bring us through. And so mm-hmm. let me be clear. He brought us through. I love in scripture where he says he doesn't take us to the valley of death. Mm-hmm. He takes us through. And God brought us through our deepest, darkest valley. And not only did he restore Louis, which is a miracle yeah. that he could put his mind, heart, and soul back together, but he also reestablished him in a way that he could use him. Right. And when I stand in the back of rooms and watch Louis preach the gospel mm. with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm-hmm. And I know that he wants to honor God with his life. No one knows more what God has done to put him there than me. No one understands the depth of despair and the darkness of the soul that we felt. And then to see God redeem even that. So I don't know who I'm speaking to today for sure. I don't know who's listening, but please believe that God can take you through this and that he not only is going to reestablish you personally, that you are going to begin to thrive personally, but that your input into earth and the way that you're going to be able to share with people how God has been faithful to you is going to forever change. And it's not because you had great times. Those are amazing. But it's because you had this darkness. And God uses those for his purposes. And I believe it today. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life with Lisa Harper podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, and I sure hope you did, I would really appreciate it if you subscribed and gave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. The introduction music was provided by my almost little brother, Tim Halperin, who also co-produces this podcast with me. Life with Lisa Harper will be releasing episodes on the second and fourth Thursdays of every month. We sure hope you'll keep listening. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.